High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. It's time now for the Hook Health Checkup with uh, Dr. Kira Kelly in the studio. Dr. Kelly, how are you? Hey, George. Now, um, the uh, what? There was somebody telling me that they got a. Uh, a reconstruction of their ACL, which is their knee. Yep. Probably a former rugby player because cruciate ligaments are always rugby players. But they used a different tendon. So what? So they they still get pain at the base of my kneecap. This is a tricky one because no, it's me, not. Well, it is. <laughs> I love the way you just dismiss me out of hand before I start. Look, the reality of it is, is surgery is invasive and traumatic for the body. There's, that's just the bottom line. Why didn't they tell this person, male or female, Connor, probably a man, why didn't they tell Connor, you know, Connor, um, this is actually an operation. We're opening up your knee and we're sticking a knife in and we're yeah. fooling around. Yeah. You might get a bit of pain. Why didn't they tell him that? I don't know. And you also don't know whether they did tell him that or not. Sometimes people hear what they want to hear as well. And I'm not sticking up for his doctors because we don't know, George. But the reality of it is I, I say the same thing to all my patients. You don't go for surgery unless you have no other option because surgery can be great and transformative and curative and restorative and all those wonderful things. But equally, I have seen in my career many, many cases of people who are worse off after surgery than they were before yeah. it. And we know this. So, now, so you avoid it unless you absolutely have okay. to. Okay, the question is, we're not arguing against no. an ACL reconstruction. What we're arguing about, Connor, is that you're still getting pain. And you're very likely to get pain for a substantial well, period he, well, of time. A, a portion of his patella tendon has been taken to replace the cruciate ligament. He's had, a, you know... That, ten months ago. Yeah, but ten months isn't... I, okay, I know it's very hard to be Do in pain. Do you know how long I think? Ten months is not that long. Do you know how long I think? One. Two years. Yeah, I was going to say one to three years. You know, it could, because what has to happen is this, is the patella tendon has to, has to ad- adapt, the new cruciate leg- ligament has to bed down and all that kind of stuff. And you need to walk on it and you need to exercise on it and you need time and maybe anti-inflammatories yeah. and all of these things. Um, and there is no marvellous magic bullet for those types of things. There just isn't. All right. Now, I've been prescribed Dr. Kelly. I'm glad they asked you because I haven't a clue what they're talking about. I've been prescribed Humira for my psoriatic arthritis. I haven't started taking it yet because I'm waiting on the results of checks. My consultant seems to think that Humira's side effects are mild. But everything else I've read says it's mad stuff. And then it goes on, uh, you know, could stop me having, she could stop me having children, ability to fight disease. Is this more the stuff you lot give out routinely uh, and then don't tell people? Do by you lot you mean the medical profession? Correct. (laughs) Okay, what I would say about Humira is... Imagine I think the world might be better off if there weren't doctors. Well, listen, good good luck with that. Dr. Livingston, I presume. (laughs) Dr. Doolittle in my case. Um, Here's the thing. I would say this about Humira. Humira is one of a new generation of drugs, biologicals, um, for the people that they work for, which is quite a lot of the people that take them who can tolerate them. They are life-changing, George, because the conditions that they're used to treat, like uh, psoriatic arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or other uh, autoimmune conditions. Oh, okay, hold on a while then. 
You've been coming in here every week, right? For I don't know how long. You see me riding. Feels like forever at the yeah, moment. You see me riding in pain on the floor with all my arthritic joints squeaking. Yeah. Yes. You never once said to me, George, Humira is life changing. You, you don't have it? an autoimmune condition, George. You have commoner garden, no offence, wear and tear. <laughs> And I know you like to elevate your conditions to the status of the poor people who are texting us, but they're not quite the same thing. Okay. So this this drug, because George, I can't overstate this. If you look at somebody with rheumatoid arthritis, for example, rheumatoid arthritis, 80% of people who have been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis before these drugs came about, 10 years after diagnosis, are disabled. They have a disability. No, I understand. So, so these, these, no, I do. these conditions do. are yeah. crucifying for people. And these drugs are... They do have some side effects. They can be difficult for some people. But but in the same way I said, look, you would never take uh, surgery if you had other options. I would certainly advise anybody with those kinds of really severe conditions to try one of these drugs because for some people, they are yeah. life changing. All right. I get all that. But but you see, you forget what you say. And, but luckily, I'm here <laughs> to remember. a pair of us with that No, no, problem. I'm here to remember what you say and bring you back. You said, for those who can tolerate yes. it. So yeah. you're, you're suggesting there's people out there who can't tolerate but, which is precisely this lady's point. But here is the thing. Here, here is the nub of the thing, okay? Not everyone can tolerate any drug, to be honest. But for somebody with a condition like psoriatic arthritis, which is a very aggressive and okay. painful form so of what arthritis. So you saying? Suck it and see. Suck it and see is exactly okay. it, in a word. Why didn't you say that at the beginning? Well, because you pay me forever. the big money to show off my expertise. Come well, on. Well, I bet you you don't know anything about this. Now, I was diagnosed with PBC. PBC is Presentation Brothers College Cork, <laughs> which is the only PBC I know. But apparently there's another one called Primary Biliary Cholangitis. That's actually exactly what it is. Now, yeah. this good f- person was put on Ursofalc. Yep. Had a baby last year, definitely a woman in my late 30s, not a big drinker. Exercise. Can you give me any advice uh, how to slow the progress of PBC? Interesting. This is not a, a, a hugely dissimilar question to the last one because the, the condition of primary biliary uh, cholangitis, whilst it isn't the same at all, it's the same kind of thing. It's where the body is attacking itself. Okay, so cholangitis is, is where you're having uh, inflammation in your in your uh, biliary tree, in, in you know where where your gallbladder comes through your liver, and people. Sorry, get... there's a hundred thousand people listening to the program. Right, there's only one in a hundred thousand knows what the biliary tree is. So will you speak in plain? That's English? what I just said. Where the tubes kind of come off your your gallbladder through the liver, okay, to make God, it. I wish you'd answer to questions. simplify I wish it. You'd answer questions. And anyway, this is it's another example of the body attacking itself. And and the the medication that she's on is slightly different to the other one. But Ursafalc is also a dis- disease modifying medication. What can you do? There are people who would say that there are are dietary things you can take that help reduce inflammation in the body and all that kind of stuff. But in the main, do you know what you have if you have an autoimmune condition? You need to take medication because the autoimmune conditions are where the body has gone wrong and your immune system is attacking yourself. And your immune system can be very effective, all too effective at attacking yourself. And I think mainly what she needs to do is take her meds. If there is any doctor out there, preferably male, who would like the job on a Monday, talking to me (laughs) instead of this dame. There are so many things I could say (laughs) right now that I am not going to say. Please apply on the back of a blank check to george at (laughs) newstalking.com. No, my point is, 
The good lady says, can you give me any advice how to slow the progress or anything I can do to help it that's in my control? You ignore the question no, no, and I, go on about no, some what I, no, 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 what I said was this. What I said was that there is some evidence to suggest that some dietary changes can help. So, so for example, people with these types of conditions, sometimes they find, for example, when they eat tomatoes, that things flare up for them because those are inflammatory foods. Um, those kinds of things can help. But in the main, the reality of it is this, is your body's own immune system is attacking itself. It's very okay. good at doing this and you need to take the medication to stop this from pr- sort of uh, progressing. Any, and actually, look, if you're in first med in university and are male, we'll take you, right? The you kind know? of abuse I take but you on this program. it all. Look, but you see, this, the problem with this program <gasps> is they're beginning to think you know what you're yes. talking about. And this is deeply worrying. Barry says, can you tell me about Mab recommended for my nephritis syndrome? No, explain that to me. What's ne- nephrite? Is that nothing to do with Nefrite, who was a kind of sexy Greek goddess? You're thinking of Nefertiti, are you? Yeah, that one. That <laughs> one. Yeah, one. She, I think she might have been an Egyptian. Has it nothing to do with her? No. What are you laughing at? It's to do with your kidneys. Oh. Nephrology, nephritis. It's, this is very peculiar, and I'll tell you why, because this is another condition that's not unlike <laughs> psoriatic arthritis oh, or primary biliary cholangitis. And this is another drug. It's a modern drug. This drug is also used in the treatment of cancer. It's actually sort of like a form of antibiotic. Um, but what it does is it has a anti-inflammatory properties that, that kind of interact with your immune system and slow down the, the, the inflammation that's been caused in well, the autoimmune uh, uh, condition. All right. Um, what, what he needs to know is, is, is it's a good drug. It does what it says in the tin. Is it if easy? If you can tolerate. Yes. And there are problems with all these drugs because they're quite severe drugs. But you're also, you have to bear in mind, George, and you'd like this analogy. It's like fighting fire with fire. These conditions that the last three uh, texters have texted in about are significant and serious and debilitating conditions. It's not like having a cold. On your possible last appearance on the show. (laughs) I'm starting to hope that that is the case. There's an interesting thing here, seriously now, because um, I I talk on Wednesdays to Deirdre Cullen, who's a statistician. The number of questions coming in that relate to autoimmune disease, right? Yeah. Okay, people write in because they're confused or whatever. But is there, is modern life creating autoimmune diseases that might not have been there when George was a lad? Um, I don't think so. Um, I I do think that uh, there are issues around how our our immune system, which is very, things like... um, asthma and, and hay fever and those types of conditions, I think that modern life probably has an interaction with those and their immune system in that we have a, we have a right. surplus of immune system no answer, working against us. I, I think no. Okay. I think we're living Would longer. Good idea to say no. I think we're living longer and I think we're better at picking these things up now. We are getting a lot of uh, requests to join the programme from first year students <laughs> in university. First now, year students, you can do better. You listen, can do better than this. Hold on a while. I, I, I mean, what is this question all about? Hello, Ivan. <laughs> who, who does this Do you not know that Ivan Yates is taking over the airways? I, I tell you, it wouldn't surprise me. He's nearly <laughs> he's nearly everywhere like you. Anyway, Ivan, what does Dr. Kira think of low histamine diets? Do they work for inflammation? 
I think probably not. Uh, and there are histamine, histamine, do you, know, do you know, here's a simple, you know what an antihistamine is? Histamine is something to do with scratching. It is. It makes you itchy. Itching, yeah. It makes you itchy. And you know antihistamines, they suppress histamine. And I'm always saying to you, don't scratch because every time you yeah. scratch itchy skin, you release more histamine. So so histamine is that. It's that chemical in the body that makes us itchy. Um, there are foods that are higher and lower in histamine. I, I'd say no. I'd no, say probably right. no. Interesting. You want me to be brief? No, I was scratching so much last week. Oh, I, I bled into my trousers and I had to send my trousers to the cleaners. These are the kind of personalised details no, but that I mean, make I, I slot so worthwhile. I scratch a lot because, as you well know, my skin is in absolute crap Mo- because moisturizer. of circulation. Moisturiser. Yeah, 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 but I forget. Yeah, but you need to remember. Now, listen, here's a question for you, right? I'm taking it. Okay. I've pains in my two legs and get cramps. What is this? Tags. I think it's possibly terminal. I mean... Your life is terminal, George. The the answer to this is definitely two decades of the rosary. I mean, two decades of the rosary has been proven to work on conditions such as I get cramps in my legs. I was going to recommend that they rubbed Brother Echinacea's hem. (laughs) That's what I was going to suggest. Mary Magdalene. But That's what I, seriously, I mean, if I if I got a pound for every time I got cramps in my legs, I'd be earning more money would, than you are. Would it be po- Would it be possible? Would it be possible that we didn't make this question about you, and that we actually addressed <laughs> the textures issue? Would, right. would we for fine pig, pig iron? I get cramps in my legs. What is it? First of all, if they get night cramps, that's I'm going to speak. You know, you're making me speak quickly because I know I'm. I'm glad you're not going to let me talk. Night cramps are very, very common. Those are the things that people get, and and that's one issue. And people take usually quinine for that at night, and that Gin usually goes tonic. away. Yeah, tonic. Um, but the other form of cramps that people get is when they're walking, George, and they walk a hundred yards, and the next thing, their back of their calves are paining them and cramping them, and that's called a lovely big long thing, intermittent claudication. And what that is is you don't have enough circulation to your legs. Okay, because of of a variety of problems that you're having, and that's something that needs to be investigated. And people get bypasses in their legs in the same way they get bypasses in their heart. But what's really interesting about intermittent claudication, the lack of circulation in the legs, is if you've got poor circulation in your legs, you probably also have poor circulation in your heart. You probably also might be having things like erectile dysfunction, and you are what's known as an arteriopath. So, in other words, your 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 arteries are narrowing but sure and all is, that stuff. Yeah, you and this needs investigation. No, I draw you back. You see, the problem with you is that you're faced with an interrogator who listens to you <laughs> and comes up, realizes some of the claptrap you talk about. So today you said in answer to this question, bringing on your best and most serious voice, you said, do you mind if we don't speak about you and speak about the listener? Right? And then you promptly say, this person is probably an arteriopath, which is exactly what I am. I have a regular heartbeat, (laughs) I have poor circulation in my legs, and I get cramps. I'm exactly the same as this dodo who sent in the question. (laughs) dodo. Sorry about that, listener. Um, It's circulation. Do you know what I liked there very much? Your imitation of me is the same imitation that my dear departed mother used to do when she was imitating me too. Don't you know? No, I never talk like that. It's it's circulation. Yes, it Why is. Why would you say that? Well, because you know, instead I, of your Claudio you, <laughs> Cardinale or whatever you went on with, intermittent claudication. Uh. Oh. <laughs> your questions to five three one zero six. If you want a sane answer, 
address them to me. If you want a lengthy answer full of big words, address them that to might Dr. Be Kelly. Accurate. Now, what about this 34-year-old male? I'm kind of worried about this fella. He gets shortness of breath during sleep. Now, how does he know he has shortness of breath during sleep if he's asleep? Have to sit up for an hour, cough up phlegm. Uh, happens to be on average once a week. Hmm. Oh, no. All the while, all the while, he then gives the game away the Egypt. He says, I smoke 20 a day. He's an Egypt. Will you answer that quickly now? And no BS. I do like how we've now addressed our listeners to the slot as Egypts <laughs> and Dodos. Um, my, my apologies, but as you will have now worked out, I have no control. The Dodo um, is extinct. Okay, but he is a bit of an Egypt because <laughs> he's smoking. And he's clearly, do you know what you're getting? You're getting bloody asthma. And you know what you're going to get after that? You're going to get emphysema. You're going to get chronic yeah. bronchitis. And you're going to die of your smoking. And you need to stop because what's actually happening there is you've got a post-nasal drip from your sinuses and you've inflamed airways. Yeah. Stop smoking. Do you know what be doing in a fortnight. He'd be pushing a trolley around super value with a machine hitched up to his nose and he'd be trying to breathe when I'd be bouncing down aisle number 37 buying my granola. <laughs> um, that may not happen in a fortnight but yes what you're looking at down the line is home oxygen and all that kind of stuff. Stop yeah. smoking. That's what's happening to your chest and you may also need a sinus rinse uh, a sinus topical Just stop steroid spray and inhalers and all that stuff. But Just do stop smoking. smoking. You're 34. Cop on. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. And a dodo. (laughs) Can you have it? You're back on the sinus rinse. Can you have a sinus rinse when you have a deviated septum? Yeah, you can. The deviated septum is broken nose, basically. Yeah, the, the septum is the middle. But sure, I've done broken about six times playing rugby and I don't need a sinus rinse. It's 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 the middle bit in your nose that divides the two nostrils. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you can. You can spray up there. It's not very attractive in pictures. Your deep, broken nose. Well, I think you have quite now, handsome rugged fella, types. Now, this fella, it's this may be a fella. Anyway, 53106, don't forget to send us a text with your questions. He's 35. Tingling and numbness in my hands and feet. My knuckles are tender to touch and they throb. They're cold and feet throb and swell in the morning. Doctors showed bloods as slightly above the ESR level. Everything else normal. Should I insist on further investigations? In a word? Yes. Yes, exactly. But, but like, you're now learning. After, I don't know how many years, in your quest for superstardom on television, you are now getting the answer. Just give the patient the right answer. Yes. But insist. Will we explain why? Will we explain why? Because he has he has symptoms. And, and, and I yeah. don't know if these are neurological symptoms because he's got tingling and numbness and, and that does sound neurological or whether or not there's something going on here. And people sometimes have issues in their in their extremities in what's called a, a stocking and glove distribution where your hands and feet are affected by something. Yeah. We need to try and find it's, out uh, what's going on. Sorry, what happened to yes? <laughs> what happened to yes? Insist. I, trying on, to give you value for money, no, George. No, the listener wants yes, advice, okay. not yes. value. You're not a supermarket, right? You're, yes. you're a professional in, in which you hold the lives of our listeners in your very hands because of your Hippocratic oath. <laughs> and the least you could do is give them an answer and say yes. It feels like insist hi- on what <laughs> I'm doing this. Hippo- my hypocritic oath, it feels like no, when I do this. I'm slot. doing this myself next week. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> if I can't get a young man to do it I'm doing it myself You're a disgrace Hook I am What about Donald and Galway if you can't give him a, a short answer to this you're sacked Okay 
The pressure. Do, do blood platelets injections work for osteoarthritis in the knees? In a word, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes two words. <laughs> no, but I, no, but fair juice to you now. Come back next week. <laughs> Look, I mean, um, not for everybody, but certainly some people get benefit not from many. them. No, no, no. I mean, look, what they really do is they they, they postpone the evil day of of the knee replacement. Do you know what I mean? That's what they do. And if you can get a bit of pain relief and a bit of a a, a postponement on that, that's the benefit. All platelets do is make orthopaedic surgeons wealthier. That's all they do. Even wealthier. Even wealthier. Even wealthier. Unlike impecunious GPs from Greystones. <laughs> you go in and you get these platelets and for a couple of days they kind of work and they then they, and then eventually you do what everybody else does. You say, orthopedic surgeon, please give me a new knee. Mm, more or less, yeah. Well, what do you mean more or no, less? No, more. I, I'm agreeing with you. All right. Now, Mark is... I can't get a full breath and yawn all the time. I'm a young 30-year-old fit man, but I'm struggling. Is he a dodo or has he a serious problem here? It's very hard to say. I don't know why he's yawning all the time. But you do yawn. It's the most natural thing in the world. You're absolutely bored to tears with your job, so you yawn. Or the wife is giving you a hard time and you yawn. Like, or you're watching Carnation Street. I, I would, yawn. I'd suggest, can't get a full breath. I would suggest things like chest x-rays might be indicated here. because we don't. I would, because I don't know what's wrong with poor old Mark, who's only a young fellow. No, no, I, I, I asked the question seriously, like yeah. I did. But do you know one time... You shouldn't be short of breath at 30. No, it? but one time I was trying to chat up this receptionist in a hotel, right, in Cork, without too much success. And I said to her, at that time... It was TB. Do you know what I mean? I'm going back, obviously, about 40 <laughs> years. Right? Jesus. And I you said paint a romantic picture, yeah. George. No, but it was brilliant. And you man. used the chat-up line, I don't have TB, you no, know. No, I used the chat-up line. Why don't you and I go for a chest x-ray? Oh, God. And she said yes. And I took her off to the mobile machine. There are, right. there are no words. Next week, uh, the the vacancy is still uh, <laughs> uh, up there. My thanks to the team, Michael Quilligan on uh, sound, of course, and Alex Russo and Kira Courtney. Uh, my thanks, of course, to Dr. Kelly for her uh, long answers and her short answers. We'll be back next week. And my thanks, of course, to producer Maggie Doyle.